Well, welcome to Grace, and I'm going to introduce our speaker this morning, who happens to be my favorite person in the world, <laughs> and my wife, and an awesome mom. So let's pray for Tracy. Father, we do pray for your anointing on Tracy, that she be able to speak the word you put in her heart to the moms here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. I love you, too. <laughs> You're my favorite guy. Run. I could watch that all day. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure that's a mama bear right there, don't you think? <laughs> uh, I see a lot of mama bears in this house and some awesome mama bears. And I want to salute all of you today for being such great, great moms. Moms, it's, it's not an easy thing to be a mother these days. And so I just want to salute you. But I want to salute, there's one mama bear in here that I want to salute and honor more than any other this morning, and that's my mama bear. And she's right here on the front row. Would you stand up, Mom? Would you stand up? <laughs> this is my mama bear. And my mama bear has, she doesn't look much like a mama bear, does she? But she is. She is, and she's been my mama bear, my provider, my protector, and my encourager, and my friend for two years now. And I love you, Mom, and I thank you, and it's my honor to honor you. So, thanks, Mom. So, what I'd like to do is spend the remainder of our time here um, looking at another mama bear, and her name is Jochebed. And Jochebed is, uh, as most of us know, the mother of Moses. So if uh, we can do that, and I'd like to, for us to just kind of, if you don't mind, just take a look back at Jochebed um, and to some simple steps that I think that, that we can relate to um, even today. So let's just back up a little bit and uh, kind of recount some of the historical circumstances of, of that time of the birth of Moses. So let's remember that, um, that the children of Israel had come down into the land of Egypt. Uh, and Joseph, the son of Jacob, the grandson of Isaac, and the great-grandson of Abraham were there. And he sent for his family to come down there because of the famine. So that's why they were there. So Israel, the children of Israel, moved down into the land of Egypt. And for a period of years, they were there. So the Bible tells us that in the first chapter of Exodus, that there arose a Pharaoh. There arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And that changed circumstances drastically. That changed the atmosphere and the environment in which the children of Israel lived. So a generation that knew not Joseph, a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. Kind of reminds me of the circumstances in which um, we live in today and that we're raising our kids in today. Um, we're raising kids in a nation and a generation that knows not Jesus, right? 
Um, and when you talk about the Bible and biblical value, values today, there are so many young people, it's hard to believe, but so many young people and young children that don't know what you're talking about. Recently, I saw on the news a, a, a journalist, and he was out on the streets. You know how sometimes I go out on the streets to interview people randomly? And this was recently. And he walked up to a young gal. I guess she was probably, she looked like she was in her early 20s. And um, he said, so, um, are you excited about holiday? And she went, what holiday? And he went, Easter. And she said, what is that? And I was like, what? You know, that's in our own country. But, yes, you know, there are people um, that don't know um, about Jesus. They don't know about um, the one and only Yahweh God. It's true. But the land of Egypt was a very pagan land, and it had all kinds of gods, and they didn't believe in the one true Yahweh God. So as a result of the kinds of gods they worshipped in Egypt, they had a very low, low regard for human life. And human life was very, very cheap in Egypt during those days. And because of the edict of the Pharaoh who knew not Joseph, there was a requirement that all the baby boys be thrown into the crocodile-infested Nile River. Can you imagine? They wanted to do something to snuff out the lives of these people of faith. And they wanted to do something to minimize the impact of the children of Israel. So Pharaoh sent out an edict that every baby boy was to be destroyed in the Nile River. Let's think about moms if you can think about how that must have impacted Jochebed at that time. It reminds us of today of the tremendous responsibility which moms have. It reminds us that mothers are assigned the responsibility of bringing up boys and girls in an atmosphere and a society um, that's filled with the worship of all kinds of gods. And as a result... There's very little regard for human life today. But that's the background of the occasion of the birth of Moses. We already know that Jochebed had some other children. She had a daughter, Miriam, who was probably about 15 years old at the time. And she also had a little boy, and his name was Aaron. And I imagine that he was probably about three. And so she already has her hands full. Right, and here she is fixing to have a third child. This time is different. The time of giving birth ought to be a time of great joy and great expectancy. And for Jochebed, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that at all. It was a time of grief and of great anxiety. And she became aware of the fact that she was going to bring into the world a child whose life might be in danger, literally. Today is also a, a time of great anxiety. We are aware of the fact of the difficult times in which we live today in bringing up our children, or bringing up our little ones. But you know what? We're not going to be afraid. She wasn't afraid. Jochebed wasn't afraid. Right now, every day we can turn on the news. It doesn't take that long before it's like we realize that we, right now, are like living 
in the middle of the flow of the crocodile-infested Nile River. But we're not going to be afraid, are we? No, we're not. For nine months, Moses' mother knew what the penalty is or was going to be if she had a baby boy. Nine months. Do y'all know how long it takes to have a gender reveal now? I know some of you do. It doesn't take long. They had no gender reveals back then. No gender reveals. They didn't know if they were going to have a baby boy or a baby girl until they had a baby. And, and then it, it was announced, uh, it's a girl or it's a boy. So that's what she was waiting on. But she was waiting with anxiety. What was it going to be? And then the time for the birth occurs. And so there was a midwife who was there with her assisting. And the baby was born. And the midwife was over there probably washing and cleaning and taking care of the baby. Probably not saying anything. I can imagine it was, it was pretty tense. But Jochebed has a question that she needs to ask. And the midwife knows she's getting ready to ask that question. And I imagine she's probably dreading it. The inevitable, question, the inevitable question comes, and Jochebed says, is the baby a boy or a girl? And I imagine with a choking voice, the midwife says, it's a boy. In the moment that she hears, she's aware of the fact that her little boy is in great danger. She's aware of the fact that her little boy's life has already been called for by a hostile nation. And we can relate to that as well, can't we? These days. So Jochebed faced challenging circumstances, and so do we. But let's see what she does next. Even in the midst of those challenging circumstances, she courageously acts right? She's not afraid. She's not afraid of Pharaoh. She's not afraid of the king's edict. She courageously acts. And this is what she does. She has to make a choice. So she's determined that she is not going to allow her boy to be destroyed in the rivers of the Nile. She's not going to allow it. I think that is a mama bear, Jochebed, right there. She has determined, nah, not my boy. So here comes the mama bear. You don't want to mess with a mama bear, right? <laughs> I heard some man said, right. <laughs> so that's what every mother has to decide. Every mother has to come to a point of decision and determination in your life that your child is not going to be destroyed. And that's going to take a lot of courage. It's going to take a lot of courage, and it's going to take a lot for mothers these days 
to have that courage, and it's going to have to happen with a great amount of faith, a great amount of faith, and that's what Jochebed had. It's going to take a lot of tears. It's going to take a lot of prayers, a lot of talking, a lot of guiding, and a whole lot of faith. The Bible in verse 3 says, When she could hide him no longer, she took him for an ark of bulrushes. Excuse me, she, she made for him an ark of bulrushes. That was a little vessel similar to the ark that Noah made. So she got a basket and she pitched it with tar and pitch so it wouldn't sink. It would float and there wouldn't be any leaks. When you read about an ark in the Bible, it always is a picture of safety. And when you read about Noah's ark, it was a big ark so that animals and people could all get inside it and be safe. And it was a big ark, and this was a little bitty one. But when the floods came, they were safe in that ark. And here's an ark that is a picture of safety. She was determined that if her boy was going to go into that Nile, that he was going into that Nile in the safety of the ark. So she determined that, and she, th- she thought about that and how she was going to do it. You know, you can't ultimately shelter your children, can we? We want to. We do everything we can to shelter our children, but ultimately we can't do it. We can't do it as parents. Sooner or later, at some point, before it's over, your children and mine are going to go out there into the world in which they live, into the culture that surrounds them. It's a scary thought right now. But we aren't going to be afraid, are we? We're not going to be afraid. We're going to be courageous, and we're going to have faith. Our job is to do all that we can to get them ready, all that we can to lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ and get them ready in the safety of the ark so that when they do go out there in the world in which they live, they will be in the safety of a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So here goes little Moses into the Nile in the Ark of Safety. And there comes a day when a mother and father have done all that they can do for their child. They've taught him right and wrong. They've led him to faith in Jesus. And then they have to let him go. They are out of our hands. And they are put into the hands of God. And that's exactly where they need to be. There comes a time when you and I will have to willingly place them in a basket of bulrushes and turn them over to God. God trusted Jochebed to give her a son. And now Jochebed trusts God to give him back to her. And that leads us to the third thing that I want you to take notice about Jochebed. The third thing is that she trusts God to do what only he can do. You can trust God with your child. You you can trust God that he will do for them. He will do with them. He will do in them and to them what only he can do. And we can take comfort in that. We can. Exodus 
uh, 2.3 says, But when she could hide him no longer, she got him in a wicker basket. Excuse me. She got him a wicker basket and covered it with tar and pitch, and then put the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Exodus 2.4 says, And his sister, Miriam, stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. Exodus 2.5 says, Then, then, the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile. And guess what? She saw a basket among the reeds. And she sent her maid over there to see what it was. And once Jochebed placed her son in the basket of bulrushes, dropped him into the Nile River, and turned loose the basket, the life of her son was out of her hands. Can you imagine that? It's hard for me to imagine. But the life of her son was not out of God's hands. His divine providence will now go to work. God steps into the picture. Yay, God. And he does only what we see his hand in the boy's life can do. He has Pharaoh's daughter find that baby. He leads Pharaoh's maidens, and he leads Pharaoh's to that basket. During the entire time, Moses' sister Miriam is standing by just observing it all. Can you see that? Once Pharaoh's daughter finds the baby boy, Moses' sister just happens to be there. And she's kind of watching from a distance. And uh, she says, uh, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women? That she may nurse the child for you, maybe? And Pharaoh's daughter says to her, I think she probably is kind of looking around too. Like, yeah, go ahead. And so the girl went. And she called the child's mother, who happened to be Jochebed. Exodus 2, 9 says, Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I shall give you wages. So the woman, Jochebed, took the child and nursed him. She had turned to God and trusted in God for the protection of her son, As a result, God's heart was stirred, and his reward, and he rewards this godly mother's faith by giving her son back to her. So she got her son back to nurse, and back then, I think they nursed them for two to three years. But then you know what I think even took a greater faith? I just thought of this recently, but must have taken an even greater faith for her to take him back. Oh, she took him back at the age of two or three. She weaned him like she said she would, and then she took him back. She didn't wait for Pharaoh's daughter to come get him. She, by faith, took him back. That's amazing. What a great faith. It was the provincial, excuse me, the providential hand and heart of God masterminding every step. Mothers, turn your children over to God. Just do it. 
Trust your children with God. You know, I know there's some of you, and I have said this before myself, I don't know what to do with them. I just don't know what to do. I, I can't do anything else. I've done everything I can do. I just don't know what to do. But you know what? God does. He knows what to do. And all we have to do is just say, God, what you do, would you do what only you can do? And he will. He will do it. The story gets better. The moment they get that ark to Pharaoh's daughter and she looks in, she sees little Moses. And what's he doing? He's crying. He's crying. What, what do you think caused him to cry? It doesn't say. I'm not really sure. Gary says God pinched him. I'm not sure. But whatever he did, Moses started crying. And when you get a mother's heart and a little baby together, something's going to happen. No mother's heart is any match for a crying baby. And God knows that. Did you notice that God is never mentioned once in this passage? Not once. Still, we know that he is at work. There are things mothers can do, but ultimately, they have to leave it in God's hands. And that's the hardest thing. Letting go. Letting go is the hardest thing. I think that's because a mother's heart never changes. It never changes. I think the hardest thing is uh, letting go, letting your child make mistakes, letting your teenager learn some things the hard way, letting your adult child make decisions that aren't always so wise. If you're in that place, I understand. If you're in that place, the best place to be is having faith and trusting God with that child or with those children. Because that is exactly what God wants us to do. He wants you to do it. He wants me to do it. And he will take care of it. He promises he will. So let's continue to have faith that he will. He's working. He's working behind the scenes. And he will accomplish his purposes. He will accomplish his purposes in your children. And he will accomplish his purposes in my children. And he will use you to do some of it. But it's not up to you. It's not all up to you. I'm so glad. Aren't you? That frees me up like nothing else to know that I don't have to carry that. I don't have to bear that. You know, I can do, Gary can do, my, grand, my parents can do. We can all do the best we can do. And then we, we just, that's all we can do. And then we, we leave it. We leave it in God's hands. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so grateful for that. So, 
I'd like to ask you what you think, what it was, what was it that compelled Jochebed to hide her infant son for three months, to come up with a plan to get a basket and cover it with tar and pitch and to lay her baby in a place that was infested with crocodiles and the Nile River, leave him there in the reeds and, and let go. What was it that compelled her to do that? Amen, John. Faith. But not only that, then, like I said before, then return him to Pharaoh's daughter after he was weaned. It had to be her faith. It had to be her faith. And that's exactly why she made it into the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. And so I just want to encourage us as moms and as women here today. Let's keep on running. Let's keep on running that, that race of faith. Would you do that with me? Let's keep doing it. Let's keep running. And so I just want to end with the scripture from Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And I'd like to end the way we started with the same video, but remembering that scripture. Run. Let's all stand and we're going to close. Father, we thank you for that great reminder, Lord, of how important faith is. Lord, with uh, all of our moms today, that you just encourage their hearts that it's not all up to them. They can release them into your hands and trust you. We thank you, Lord, that you're working even when we don't know it, even when we don't see it, that you're working. And Father, I pray for your blessing now on every mom here, and I pray your blessing in every gathering every conversation, every phone call. In fact, Lord, we're asking for surprise phone calls today, surprise guests, and we pray a return to the prodigals, home to you and home to their families in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, would you cause there to be a great blessing upon us and through us today and this week in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>